Remember, you can stay up to date on the latest news with the Irish Independent WhatsApp channel. On the latest episode of Real Health with me, Carl Henry, I'm delighted to be joined by international best-selling author Heman Sunim, telling us what to do when things don't go your way. When we are, you know, very young and have a first love and the first love did not work out, we feel as though this is the end of the world. However, we learn that is not the case. We move on. We find some other people. So we begin to see that uh, when things don't go your way, uh, maybe it's not the end. As ever, we're available on all podcast platforms. They were O'Driscoll, Morgan, extra man, it's Fitzgerald, oh Fitzgerald is cutting back inside! Let's have another! Darcy O'Driscoll oh. through the legs, Rob Carney, out to Fitzgerald again, step and score, number two for him! The Six Nations finale is upon us and Ireland have named their team to face Scotland this Saturday at the Aviva Stadium. Will Slattery here, delighted to have Luke Fristrell and Rory O'Connor with me as we pick through all the selection talking points. Andy Farrell has made three changes to his team. Ian Henderson comes in in place of the injured James Ryan. Andrew Conway also misses out with a knee injury. Matt Hansen back in the starting team and Jack Conan is promoted after his impressive cameo off the bench against England last Saturday. Rory, are you happy with the team Andy Farrell has gone with for this big game? Yeah, largely. I think Robert, there was a case to be made for Robbie Henshaw to come in instead of Bundy Aki, but you know, while Aki wasn't you know brilliant at Twickenham, he certainly didn't do much wrong. I mean, Henshaw had a brilliant 15 minutes, but sometimes I think you can play too well off the bench and, and get yourself put back there the following week because you, you know, you're there for impact and he will have a role to play. Henderson, you know, I know he gave away three really bad penalties and, and you know didn't play very well in Twickenham last weekend, but he is you know, a very good player who we we know Ireland can rely on and you would expect after the mistakes he made last week, he will improve. Um, Conan for Omahani to me makes an awful lot of sense. I didn't think Omahani played particularly well. Just wasn't very prominent in Twickenham last weekend. He was Ireland's top tackler, but we really didn't feel he influenced the game. And obviously Conan's come on and scored his try, but I prefer the balance of that all Leinster back row with with Conan, Van der Fleer and, um, and Doris at six. I know it maybe takes away from Doris's game a little bit, moving him to six, but I was just listening to Alex Corbusier on your show on, on uh, Monday or Tuesday, whatever it was. I mean, the fact that he said Conan's a better scrummager and that Ireland's scrum is tighter, that, that's, you know, we don't really think of number eights in that way, but if that's the case, you know, that's really important this weekend. And uh, yeah, Hansen, you know, Conway would have started if he was fit, I think, but if he's got a knee injury, you're not losing an awful lot. I mean, I think we we all expected to see Robert Balakun at some stage during this tournament, but none of the wingers have let Ireland down and Hansen has played very well. So it's a pretty exciting backline. Very powerful pack. Big questions about the scrum, but you know the, he's probably right to stick with it for one more week and and see if they can right the wrongs and whether it was a refereeing disaster. Um, give them a chance to 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 go up against a very good Scottish front row and uh, and compete. So no, I no complaints. Uh, you know, I think a lot of it makes sense. And um, you know, there's title on the line. There wasn't room really for much experimentation. Yeah, it's funny the point you make about Jack Conan and what Alex Corbusiero was saying about the scrummaging. Then you just think of Jack Noel and, and like you know the contribution he was making to a scrum that was extremely dominant at Twickenham. Yeah, look, it's a funny one. Like as Luke, as Rod mentioned there, like the title is on the line. Even though when I was looking at the team sheet, I was thinking more of the you know oh, it's a shot to nothing, a bit of experimentation. But you need to get the job done first and foremost in case there is a slip up later in the day. One hundred percent. I mean, I think it's not. Um... Certainly not beyond the realms uh, of, of possibility to 
see England go to Paris and and get a win. I think you know aside from ourselves, I think they're probably the most capable of going ahead and doing that. So look, yeah, he did have to go ahead and pick this team. And um, plus, I think Scotland are a pretty scrappy outfit. To be honest with you, I think they're difficult to beat. Um, you know, I, I think look, sorry. They're difficult to beat by a wide margin. And, and I think Ireland should be looking to beat them by a wide margin. I think they're a better team than them. Um, but they can make life difficult for you. And they have got some very good finishers. So I think, you know, this is a team that, that can squeeze the life out of this Scotland outfit. And I think they can pick them apart as well. Um, you know, Rudd's pretty much, you know, has, uh, has barely given a very comprehensive view on, yeah. on the team. I was going to say, I don't know what I'm going to talk about. No, but... <laughs> Sorry. I agree with everything there. You know, what, what was interesting is um, maybe one area I will touch on that Rhodes didn't get time to go into was the, the, the replacements. I thought they had a brilliant impact on the game last weekend. And, um, you know, probably seems like a fairly obvious statement, but they really did. Seeing as we only won it really in the last eight minutes um, of the game, um, they had a massive impact. And I was really pleased for lots of them. Um, you know, I'd interesting to see Treadwell there on the bench. I think he's a guy who I've kind of admired for a while. International could be a big step up for him. Um, but we wait and see in that. The two lads there, are, you know, are well capable of going for, for 80 minutes. So he may not get an opportunity. But, you know, you would like to see someone like him get blooded in because I, I'm a little bit worried about James Ryan. Um, you know, I think he could be facing quite a, you know, a significant length, uh, sorry, a significant period of time um, you know, on, on the sidelines, I think they need to be very cautious with him now because you want him back for the World Cup. So you don't want to rush him back. Um, and look, everyone else, I thought Murray was brilliant last weekend when he came on. I mean, it was funny. We've kind of probably talked about the, him not being a, an, an impact kind of player because, you know, can he really speed up the game? I actually thought he did that really well. But I don't know. It was really reassuring, I thought, to see him come on at that period where Ireland were kind of under, under the cosh. And I thought he was a big reason why we turned it around. He had some excellent kicks. Uh, I thought he did keep the, you know, when, when it was right to play quick, uh, you know, he got that right. He got the ball out, didn't overthink things. Um, and I was really pleased for him. I mean, uh, you know, it must be tough watching. You know, he's been, you know, a real mainstay in this Ireland team for so long. Watching Gibson Park play so well, I kind of usurp him, you know, probably a year and a bit out from the World Cup. Uh, you know, he's a lot of hard work to go to try and wrestle that jersey back. So um, bench could be key again. Thought they were brilliant last week. And yeah, very uh, nice summation from, from Rhodes. I think that back row, to my mind, it's just a little bit more attacking, I think, than having O'Mahony there. O'Mahony seems like a more uh, trying to manage the opposition. You know, you're, you're thinking line outs, you're thinking maybe on the ground. He's probably maybe slightly better than Doris, but, you know, the rest of the game, um, you know, Doris is definitely a top of the ground kind of player. And, terms of like he's very very uh, abrasive he's an excellent ball carrying does have an edge in that part so i think given this scotland back row um you know you do want to have a few big ball carriers to put pressure on them um and get over the game line because they do have some great fetchers in there yeah Rod, just to bring you on the conor murray point that luke was making because it, it has been something that's been talked about quite a lot you know is conor murray kind of a guy who, who who's good at the game plan ireland used to be very good at and want to play and is he a guy the way andy Farrell wants to play that could be a very key performance in his own career and his late career trajectory you know if you're looking towards the world cup we were just chatting even ourselves off air last week you know about some of the senior players that andy Farrell is still leaning on and we were questioning whether or not they deserved still to be there that was that could be a big moment for him last week yeah it's interesting because the bench you pick your bench, but you've no idea what scenario you're going to be in when they come on, onto the pitch. And at 15 all, Conor Murray was the perfect man for the job. If Ireland were 10 points down, then you 
probably prefer to have Craig Casey. You know, like it's be like you can never you pick your bench and you've no idea what scenario you're going to be in at that that point. But I agree. You know, I, I I've been one one person who's raised questions over Conor Murray. But after Saturday, you you have to say that he played really really well and and added something to what Ireland did. He brought calm to proceedings, and you know he he may be nearly a hundred cap international, but everyone's got their own ego and self confidence and stuff. And he maybe needed a day like that where he came on and, and and played a major role just to remind himself of what he is and what he's able to do. And like that pass, you know, he didn't slow it down for Jack Conan's try. You know that pass was was perfect at that time. There was one that dropped off, but like we'll allow him one. You know, he's uh, you know that that was big for him and. It, he probably felt like he was in a shout this week for playing, but the way Ireland play, Gibson Park is just perfect. The way he, you know, he zips it around. But to have a ninety-something cap, in, you know, international of such experience to come in, um, in that scenario alongside his halfback partner from his province as well, that kind of makes sense from a combinations point of view. It it works, but he needs to do that every time. And when it when the time comes where Ireland are trailing by ten points, he needs to be able to do that as well. You kind of need him to be the full package. And at the moment, he's very good for managing games. Um, I, I fear for Ireland if they were in a World Cup quarterfinal or 10, 15 points down. And, and I mean, they're, they're in trouble anyway, but you you know, you want someone to come on and change the game. He's more of a manager. So if Ireland are front running, which the game plan allows them to front run an awful lot, or they're in the kind of that 50 50 point where it's level, he's really good. If they're, if they're coming from behind, I'd have a bit of concern. But you can't, again, Andy Farrell doesn't know what scenario he's going to be in. So it's interesting. Well, I was going to say, theoretically, if they had been 10 points down, they would have won by seven. Because that's what I was impressed. Because I thought he sped it up. I, that's what I thought. Like I thought it was the kind of the way he played actually would have lended itself to a, to chasing a game. I was impressed with his his quick serves as well. It wasn't just his kind of leadership or sense of calm. It was actually for once, I thought, it, not for once, but maybe for the first time in a while, I just thought his service kind of matched Gibson Parks at the breakdown. Maybe I'm overstating it. Perhaps. I need to probably go back and watch it again. But yeah, I'd like... I don't know. I, I, Ireland just got themselves into a mess. Like Gibson Park probably hadn't thrown a pass for a while at that point. You know, like the the box yeah. kick was working. England had just taken over, and Murray, you know, helped rest control back. So yeah, it's a fair point. I maybe I'm underestimating that 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 element of it. Um, but he and Henshaw and Conan in particular, and Rob Herring, I thought was really excellent, and I've been critical of him here. Um, they helped rest control that game back, and they played a major role. And, you know, those who, are, who weren't in the starting team this week are probably a little bit unlucky because the role they played. Yeah, Luke, and if, is there one player in particular you look at that team sheet and you're thinking, you know, the finale to Six Nations, this guy needs a big game, whether for his Ireland credentials or for later on in the season going back to big club games. Is there anyone in particular you think could do it a big game? I think Keen Healy probably is a guy who, like, everyone's going to say, no, and look, of course, he's had some fairly serious injuries. He, I was talking to, um, I was actually talking to Andrew Porter last Friday before the, the before the match. I was doing something with him and uh, he was saying he's still in unbelievably good shape. Um, and I'd say he's probably suffering a little bit from, you know, uh, you know, sort of stiff enough competition in Leinster. Like he kind of shares the games behind Porter with, you know, Dooley, with Byrne. Like, you know, there's some really good players there that need game time as well. So I think he just looked like a guy maybe who hasn't played a massive amount of rugby. And I think we could be, we could be discounting him just a little bit too early based on the, on the miles on the clock. I think he's still an unbelievable athlete. And, and he looked like a guy who hadn't played much rugby to me. I still think he is very capable of putting in a big performance. And I'm expecting him to bounce back uh, this weekend, actually. 
Um, so I hope I'm right on that one. I think he needs a big game, and he's very as I, as I believe he's still uh, you know a brilliant rugby player, uh, just probably behind an even better one in Andrew Porter currently. You know, so um, expecting a big bounce back one from him. Um, I think Sheehan, you know, I'd love to see I'd love to see the scrum go well this week. I think it, uh, it sounds like this Scottish scrum is is actually pretty good. I, I just don't know. I wish I knew more about it. I wish we had Corbis on again, uh, to be <laughs> honest with you. But I believe this Scottish scrum is quite good. Not a massive amount of weight in the kind of back three, um, Bar Fagerson really, but apparently very, very good and good operator. So I'd like to see them bounce back um, from listening to Corbis He thought Sheehan was a guy who was probably one of the key battles that, that they lost at scrum time against um, Jamie George. So bounce back there would be nice. Um, and I think I'd like to see, I think I'd like to see Mac Hansen have a big game. Um, I think he would have been hurting after that, um, after not getting in um, behind James Lowe. So I'd like to see a bit of a bounce back. Look, I, I got your point about Balakoon and he looks like he's on fire at the moment and so quick. Like we, we just don't have many people with that kind of top end pace. Um but I'd like to see Hansen go well. I think he's uh, he, like himself and Lowe could form a really, really nice partnership. I think Conway probably maybe a nose ahead of him currently, but uh, Matt Hansen is definitely a coming force. And this new game plan really suits someone like him. He's a lovely ball handler. He pops up around the pitch. He likes to be involved. Um, if the Irish pack, you know, get on top of the Scotland pack, which I think they can do, um, we could see the best of him and Lowe. Uh, so there are probably three names I'd pick out for, for a big one this weekend. Yeah, and Rhoda, we're touching on the Scotland team. Obviously, the big news is Finn Russell being dropped to the bench. They've gone with Blair Kinghorn out half. You know, I think most people will be familiar with him playing in the back three for Edinburgh and Scotland over the last couple of years. So it's a pretty big gamble um, for Gregor Townsend. You know, what do you make of the decision? Like Finn Russell, even though they beat England in the first game and there was a lot of fanfare, he he wasn't brilliant and he hasn't had a brilliant tournament either. No, and Racing haven't had a great year either. You know, Maybe it's a Lions hangover. You know, those, those players who go in Lions stores often come back and, and struggle the following season. Uh, I'm a big fan of Finn Russell. I, I love watching him play. So it's disappointing to, to me that he won't be there. Like, Gregor Townsend's putting a lot of faith in, in or a lot of stock in what Blair, Blair Kinghorn did against Connacht a couple of weeks ago in the URC match, you know, in the middle of the Six Nations. Um, You know, I just, I wonder about anyone getting to international level when they've played, you know, in at 10, when you've played most of your rugby as a professional in the back three. I, it just shows that, you know, with two professional teams, Scotland are always going to be struggling to some degree. And they have Adam Hastings in that squad as well. And, you know, he's a very good player and he's obviously, he's moved out of the Scottish system and they seem to have, have, you know, he's paid the price a little bit for that. But he's a very, you know, to me, he's a very good 10. Look, we'll, we'll see on Saturday. Kinghorn is, is accomplished, but is he an international 10 for a game like this? Having not really played there throughout the Six Nations, I, I find that hard to believe. I find it hard that he's going to come over, hard to believe that he's going to come over to Dublin against a team going for a triple crown and, and, a, and a potential title in form and is going to be able to dictate the play uh, again, up against Johnny Sexton when he's, you know, I'd say 80, maybe you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think 80, 90% of his, game, his, his rugby at professional level has been played a fullback. That's, it's difficult to understand how you could go. Like, if he was that good and you're in control of your two regions, surely you get Edinburgh to play him there more often. You know, like, it, I know he has played a bit there this season, but really, it, it just seems like a stretch to me. So, yeah, it's, it's it, like obviously it's a reflection on Russell's form. And, you know, I think that failure to track back against France got a lot of social media traction, but like, you know, work rate is really important at this level and he isn't having a great season. And he doesn't ever, he doesn't generally play that well against Ireland either. So um uh, it's a basic though, isn't it? Like I just hate seeing that. Like that's my one. Like just 
just keep running. Like, you know, I, I don't know. I feel like things aren't going well. Um, you can always rely on on good players. I think to to do that. I I, I don't know. Like as much as I like Russell, like really nice guy and all that. I feel really bad saying it, but I do think he's overrated. I think he's a against a good team. You can squeeze him out of a game, and I think he'll always let you down against a good a team that's on on the ball against him. Um, you know, I think um, he never, I just doesn't get the job done for me. And 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 I I agree with the point on Kinghorn. I was lucky enough to be over. Um, in in Edinburgh to watch the well, sorry, it was tough watching from an Irish perspective. But I watched that Edinburgh and and Connacht game over there. Like he's a special talent. There's no doubt about that. And apparently, he's the quickest guy in in the Scottish squad. Um, period. Like he's absolutely, he is so so quick. He's a huge man as well. I'd say he's about six three, six four. Like he's a big guy, lovely ball handler. Like he he does pose a threat. But to to Rudd's point, can he control an international rugby match? I don't know. Like that, Connacht pretty much like they. It was hard to watch actually at the end. I mean, they, they ran out the gate at the end. It was it was pretty embarrassing for them. Um, and he looked like a superhero. But I think that was more to do with Connacht maybe having a six day turnaround and 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 Edinburgh kind of catching fire. Um, this is a big ask in my mind. Uh, the one thing I would say is that if they can get him a few one on ones with with Johnny, like he's an unbelievable athlete. Like he could punish you in there if you don't respect him. Um, but once I think you do that, I don't, I still don't think he's like, he's got the ball playing ability or the, like, even as much as I don't, I'm not a, an unbelievably massive, I, I, I don't drink the Kool-Aid on, on Finn Russell, to be honest with you. Um, but I, I do think that he can pick a part of the fence and he does have some guile um, and can, you know, he can open you up. I'm not so sure Kinghorn has that yet because as Rudd said, he's played the vast majority of his rugby in the back three. Like it takes a long time to feel that, that heat of an international defense it's so claustrophobic. Like, like I've I've been in that slot, like never, you know, but I've, I've played in the centres there. So I know what it feels like against a really good defence. And this Irish team is, is a pretty good defence. Um, it, it feels like you've got like zero time on the ball to make a decision. You're literally playing the first thing you see. And I feel like that could be what his day looks like unless the Scottish pack get on top of the Irish pack, which I just can't see happening. Just before we get predictions, Rudd, like, can you make any case for Scotland? Because just like listening to the two of you guys here, and, and just my own opinion before the show, I just I think it's going to be a very comprehensive Ireland win. Like, is I, is there any case you can make, or any kind of thing you're looking at, being like, hmm, this could be an area where they get on top, or this could be a reason why they produce an upset? I think I I'd be surprised if it happened, but looking at the names on the team sheet, that's a good team. That's a good Scottish team who have. The capacity to secure one-off results um, on a re- reasonably regular basis um, over the last couple of years without ever being able to back it up. They they always flatter to deceive. They beat England in the opening game. I think they've won away in, against Wales, France and England in the last two or three years. And they have a scrum I, that could trouble Ireland. I, I really rate Pierre Skoman. I really do. I think he's a fantastic prop. And... You know, getting him in from South Africa and getting him qualified has been pretty important to that team. They've they've a decent front row bench as well that can come in and, and do damage. And you've got to remember that Ireland are coming off the back of a disastrous day at the scrum, where I believe if they played against fifteen men, they probably would have lost the game. Um, so yes, I I think there is a case we made for Scotland to win it, but it's it's very it would be an upset at the same time. Like Ireland are playing unbelievable rugby. Their 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 attack is the best in the tournament. You know, I think it's probably even better than France's. They they're at home where they very rarely lose. Scotland's record in Dublin is, is appalling. Um, they, they, despite a couple of injuries, they still have the majority of, of, of you know, they have a very good pack, they have a very good back line, they have sex and pulling the strings, looking on top of his game. 
and they just beaten England Twickenham. So I think Ireland are very much the favourites to win this game. But this Scottish team, with nothing to lose, with no pressure on them, is where they're most dangerous. And and they, they will pose some te- threats. And they've caused Ireland problems in the last couple of years. Like Ireland were very lucky to get a Murray, out of Murrayfield with a win last year. So I wouldn't say it's beyond the beyond the realms. Um, that's a decent Scottish team, just out of form. And like they seem to have lost their defensive edge as well, which against this Ireland attack is a bit of a disaster. Um, like there was, you know, Steve Tandy was being hailed as a hero this time last year, and they've just fallen apart in that regard. They've conceded an awful lot of tries, whereas Ireland have only conceded three this season. Hmm. And I think their last win away from home against someone other than Italy in the Six Nations with fans present was in Croke Park in 2010, if I'm not mistaken. I think all those other victories came during COVID when, you know, we know how much of a difference that makes when there's no supporters True. there. They're a team um, that can trouble you. Like, if they take their... They, they seem to be... They can't get over the home. Like they can't... They, they create opportunities. If you think back, back on France, like, they just can't seem to take those critical opportunities. They're a team that make bad defensive mistakes. Like, they... they like, I don't know how many times we've watched them like they basically have a, a Scottish defender putting the opposition guy into touch and then two other Scottish guys then run over and try to like help out, but it's all, it's already over and they, there's an awful lot over the top of them. It's like, it's like watching under sixes at times. Um, but if they get those kind of things right and they actually, the, you know, the, the, where they could cause issues for Ireland is on the deck. Uh, and if Ireland, like, yes, Ireland's attack shape is definitely the best in the competition. I think at the moment, I think that's a fair comment. They still haven't fired that well for for long periods of the game. Um, their ball like they made nineteen handling errors um, in Twickenham. Like that's a massive amount. And if they're not scrumming well, like they're look, they're things you could say. So if they if on if they if they if they can cause some trouble on the ground, if the if Ireland have as many handling errors as they have in the last couple of games, you know they'll have loads of scrums. That could be a disaster for Ireland too. And they have some pace out at the back. Like Darcy Graham is is is. Is is trouble? Stuart Hogg is always, uh, you know, very difficult to contain. As I said, Kinghorn, you know, he might be in open space at the back a lot. You do find your ten there a bit. Like they have threats. Um, you just think on balance and uh, on the balance of probabilities. You know, Ireland just should have too much and should be able to squeeze them out. But you know, they're, they're the things that Ireland need to fix pretty quick. The handling errors have been consistent throughout the competition. Need to get that sorted out. Um, you know, because Scotland can punish you. You know. Hmm. Okay, just to finish up, two predictions from each of you. I'll go to you, Rudd, first. Prediction for the Ireland-Scotland game and then the overall prediction of who is going to be the Six Nations champion come Saturday night. Um, I think Ireland will beat Scotland by between seven and ten points. Like, only they'll run riot. I think they'll... There's just too much at stake for them. Like, the, you know, the, the, you got to remember as well, that as well as the scrum last weekend, they uh, they lost their composure a lot in Twickenham. And while they'll have a home crowd... This week, like a lot of these players haven't won silverware for Ireland, and it might just be a triple crown, but I think they've bigged it up in, internally. Um, and obviously, the title's on the line, they'll get there in the end. They may open up, but I, I don't know. I think Scotland, but Scotland are most dangerous when they've absolutely nothing to play for because the, the, the pressure's off. Um, I think England can trouble France, I think they have the, the weaponry to do so, and I think they'll make it difficult. And this French team are tightening up more and more as it goes on, but with the slam on the line. It almost feels like destiny for this French team, and I think they'll probably get it done. I, like I can't wait to watch that game um, after the, the game in Dublin. I, I, I think France, will, you know, they're, they're just too good for this English team. England just don't have the weapon, the weaponry to hurt them. I think they, they can they can cause them problems up front and defensively. They can possibly stifle them, but where like where are the tries coming from? Hard to see. So I I think it's a triple crown for Ireland and a championship for France. Yeah, I think Ireland will win by around 15. I think France will just about get over the line. I think it'll be close, though. Luke, what, what do you think? Uh, I think Ireland win by... Um, 
I, I think maybe 20. I think they beat them well. Um, big day out in Croker. I think they sort out the last, you know, they sorted out the rookie against England. The handling errors hung around. I think they get that right this week. I think Scotland's defence will give you opportunities. I don't think it's a stingy. Um, and I think, um, I think England win. I think England win, but with um, so sorry. Do I need a scoreline for the for the game or no? No, no. no I think Ireland win by twenty. Ireland by twenty, and I think England win. Obviously, very tight. Uh, I think I think they again. I agree with Rudds. They are really struggling. To, you know, from an attack perspective, but I think uh, they stifle them defensively, and I think France give away a lot of penalties and they kick them all, and they, they win by, again, within five, tight one, but they, they disappoint everyone in Paris. That's that's my prediction. Now, that is a great note to finish on on a sunny St. Patrick's Day. I'd like to thank Luke <laughs> and Rudd for joining me today. Thank you all for listening. We'll be back next week with another show reviewing all the weekend's action. In the meantime, you can subscribe to The Left Wing on iTunes, Spotify, or listen on independent.ie. So until next time, thanks for listening, and goodbye.